3: Boot Camp Ministry.
6: number to call area code 866-423-9578 area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air bible talk with pastor emory moss and today our special guest as always jerome smith Uh, jerome smith my uh, english teacher at cass technical high school Uh, what he trained me in well i was there for english but he trained me in bible that's right, apologetics and everything else. He is a scholar in his own right, has written a treasure of scripture knowledge along with some other stuff, and he's got some very good stuff to talk about today in terms of hermeneutics. How you doing, Mr. Smith?
5: Very well. A lot better today than yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's doing? i let you know a little secret that we had a big storm here, and it what? knocked a 70-foot branch Off one of our big maple trees, where our driveway is lined on both sides with stately maples that were planted well over 100 years ago. Uh And it blocked the driveway, but thank the Lord, my youngest son was able to come and use his electric chainsaw and chop it up and clear the driveway so we're all
6: set. Well, like I told you and I repeat, it's real good to have kids. They grow up, they can help you. (laughs)
5: That's right.
6: We praise, uh, we praise the Lord for that. And, and, and you told me now today, and don't make fun of me, Mr. Smith. Uh, don't make fun of me. Uh, you know, you, you trained me in Bible. You trained me in theology. You know, I went to Bible college. I went to seminary. But you're still using terms that I never heard before. And it is not fair. You said you're going to talk about what today?
5: I'm going to talk about intentional obscurity.
6: Intentional obscurity.
5: <laughs> That's right. I don't imagine that too many of your audience will have heard about that, but it yeah. is a very, very important concept to know about and to know which passages employ intentional obscurity so that you can understand them correctly. Now, last right. week we were talking about 2 Peter chapter uh, 3, verse 7, 10, and especially verse 13. And we mentioned that in the book of Revelation, John reverses the order of events that is clearly stated in prophecy in the book of Isaiah, chapter 65 and chapter 66. Mm. And I don't know if you brought up the issue or question, but the question is, why did he do that? And the fact that he did that and people don't recognize it, they misunderstand Bible prophecy. So I thought e- I'd better give you yeah. some more information about intentional
6: obscurity. Now give us an example of that. What do you mean when you say they change the order of events?
5: Okay, in the book of Isaiah, it tells us that the confrontation that supposedly, if you misread Second Peter, destroys the whole earth. Everybody thinks it comes after the great white throne judgment and after the millennium because that's where John puts it in the order of events that he gives in the book of Revelation. But Uh, if you carefully study Isaiah chapter 65 and 66, you'll find out that Isaiah shows that the conflagration and the destruction of the wicked take place before the millennium, not after. And I gave you a lot of scripture the other time that shows that the earth abideth forever and so forth. Mm-hmm. So what John has done, he's purposely reversed it. And John does a bunch of other things too in the book of Revelation. For example, and I'm sure you're familiar with this in most of your audience, the book of Revelation quotes the Old Testament approximately 400 times. Yeah, it does a lot. I know that. Yeah, some of those are not considered direct quotations. They're allusions. But scholars have marked them off, and some scholars counted them, and the number I recall is close to 400. Now, John did that as a part of the same intentional obscurity so that if the manuscript of the book of Revelation, were to be examined by governmental authorities in his day, they would not get what he's talking about because they wouldn't recognize and know about the illusions. And so there would be no extra conflict or concern or consternation stirred up because of what he had written. So that's okay. an example. I can give you another example that's uh, very interesting. If you think of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are considered synoptic Gospels. That is, they pretty much tell the same story, almost in the same order and so forth. But also, they leave the same thing out. But when John wrote his Gospel, he put it in. And what I'm referring to is the story about the death of Lazarus. And uh, Mary and Martha were all upset that Jesus wasn't there at the time when it happened. That's and right. Said, Had he been there, maybe he wouldn't have died. And you may recall in the Gospel of John that it's as if Jesus purposely delayed a little bit to let a few more days go by before he went. That's right. Go see him. All right, but none of that's reflected in the synoptic Gospels. Now, why would that be? And the answer is that Matthew, Mark, and Luke employed intentional obscurity. They avoided reference to Lazarus while he was still alive or at least still in danger. But John, writing the Gospel of John long after those events could freely speak of it, and so that's why we know more details than what Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell us.
6: Wow, okay. So it's not that, uh, because some are trying to say, show that there's a a difference between the Gospels uh, or something's deficient about them because they're not saying the same thing. But, you know, eyewitness testimony anyway always involves getting more people with eyes on something than others. And so just because you say something that one book doesn't have does not mean that you're contradicting it. uh, That's right. uh, And so basically, you a a very
5: logical and probable and most likely reason which stands behind that particular difference between John and the Synoptic Gospels. Now I'm going to show you another example of it, Pastor Moss.
7: I don't know if
5: you've heard about these things before, but uh, I think you've gone to seminary and all that, so you know more than I do. But here's an interesting one. (laughs) From Proverbs 24, verse 17, and you say, Mr. Smith, what's that got to do with New Testament obscurity, intentional Uh, obscurity? Oh, boy. Let me read you the verse, and then you'll see. The verse says, in Proverbs 24, 17, rejoice not when thine enemy falleth. And let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth. All right. Where is that reflected in the New Testament, Pastor Moss? And Mr. Smith's not supposed to ask Pastor Moss a difficult question, so I'm going to provide him the answer. Yeah. Where is that addressed? Yeah. the That verse is what Paul is referring to in Romans chapter 12. Verse 19. So let me read you Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Now, you really have to go further into that Proverbs 24 context to see more of the connection, but it was most certainly there. And it's very obvious that Paul in <clears throat> chapter 12 of Romans had Proverbs chapter 24 in mind. Mm-hmm. Now, this is some intentional obscurity that almost nobody would ever notice. Okay. Why would it be because used to? What chapter comes after 12? Yeah. Chapter 13. Yeah. Uh-huh, but see, there were no chapter divisions when Paul wrote his letter. Mm-hmm. So chapter thirteen really continues right after Romans twelve nineteen. I think twelve nineteen is the last verse in the chapter, or nearly so. So you read Romans chapter thirteen, one to seven, where it says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God The powers that be are are ordained of God. Whoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. And he continues, and it's a familiar passage. Now... Interpreters forgot to compare Scripture with Scripture because they generally fail to take into account what must be the controlling interpretative context present in Romans chapter thirteen one to 7, as it's related to Proverbs chapter 24, going a little bit further into it, verses 19 to 22, which I'll read. Fret not thyself because of evil men, neither be thou envious at the wicked, for there shall be no reward to the evil man. The candle of the wicked shall be put out. My son, fear thou the Lord and the king, and meddle not with them that are given to change, for their calamity shall rise suddenly, and who knoweth the ruin of them both? Now, I would say this context strongly suggests that God himself is against evil rulers. And Uh our proper response to such rulers is commanded a little bit further now in Proverbs 24, verse 24 and 25, where it says, He that saith unto the wicked, Thou art righteous, him shall the people curse. Nations shall abhor him, but to them that rebuke him shall be delight and a good blessing shall come upon them. Okay. So this means that what Paul is saying in the first seven verses of chapter 13 is exactly the very opposite of what the mistaken interpreters of Romans thirteen one to 7 derive from Paul's words. And how can I say that? Well, because Paul was surely aware of the context in Proverbs to which he alludes. And we have to be just as aware when making application of Paul's words in our own day. The chapter boundary in Romans, constituting a break between Romans chapter 12 and chapter 13, obscures this vital connection. Okay. So... All well, leaders in his day would be aware of the context Paul alluded to. Uh-huh. And would have understood what Paul was saying, even though he used intentional obscurity to avoid conflict with the civil authorities of his day. Now, this would be worth the whole program all by itself to show just what the people in Paul's day knew about what the Bible had to say. Uh-huh. It's an astounding study, let me tell you. And in the New Treasury of Scripture Knowledge and in the Ultimate Cross-Reference Treasury and in Nelson's Cross-Reference Guide to the Bible, I have put all the cross-references I could find together at John chapter 6, verse 14, which lists all the instances that I found in the Gospels that reveal what the people knew about the Scriptures. They knew their Bible a lot better than most people do today, and maybe even better than some pastors do. I'm not referring to you, but I'm just saying they were so familiar with Scripture, it's amazing. You get these very great scholars saying, oh, there was no literacy back in that day. Uh, All this stuff was passed on by word of mouth, and it's a myth, and things changed over the period of time, and this and that and the other thing tell them go back and do their homework, just like I used to tell students at Cass that they needed to do their homework.
6: <laughs> yep, well, you tell me that a lot. Let me, ask you, let me t- ask you a question, though, Mr. Smith. What was being, because uh, in my mind, I'm, I'm, I'm getting what you're talking about, I I believe. In Romans chapter 13, what was being, uh, like, said differently or hidden about Proverbs? What was he trying to, because here, it seems like he's saying, uh, Be subject unto the higher powers, but you know how? Where does that? How does that connect with what you're saying from the Proverbs passage?
5: It's almost as if he's saying the opposite of what he means, and the key to that is verse 19 in in uh, in uh, Romans chapter 12, and that verse is an amazing verse also, and at least to me. It's it's a major key, <clears throat> and I'll read it again and I'll explain it a little bit. He said, dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. He's saying, don't take things in your own hands. Uh If somebody tries to do you in, you don't just go, you know, try to retaliate. But rather, and this is the interesting one, but rather give place unto wrath. And what he means there is let the Lord exercise his anger to take care of the situation so that we don't have to do anything we need to stand aside and let the lord take care of the situation and he will and it's really saying don't get in the way otherwise the lord might decide to just let it go by and you suffer more consequences and you see that in proverbs if you look carefully in that chapter
6: well, well, For it is written,
5: and this isn't from Proverbs, this is a quotation from Deuteronomy, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And believe you
6: me, he means it. So what he's teaching, basically, I guess, is that the um, uh, you can obey righteous stuff, but yet do not, in other words, in the Old Testament, there was a lot of things that encouraged them to go against maybe false governments, and here he says, understand that God is the one ultimately in charge, and so, uh, so he's interpreting this in a way to cause them to be away or to guard themselves against the evil of these uh, of the Roman government, uh, let us say, uh, but at the same time obey what God says.
5: Yep, that's right, and depend
6: on God to
5: take care of the situation. Now that doesn't mean we don't do anything, if we. <clears throat> if we read a little further there in Proverbs, it says in verse 17, Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth. Verse 18, lest the Lord see it, and it displease him, and he turn his wrath from him. Now, see, that's what Paul is alluding to when he says, Just stand aside and let the Lord take care of it, just like wow. it says here in Proverbs. Wow. You know, I don't know if I made that clear if you see it, but there it is. You
6: see it, because what it's saying to, to me is like you're saying. They had to be careful, because what God, God didn't want was an uprising against the Roman uh, government. Uh, he's That's trying right. to, realizing, uh, uh, live with them, obey them, but understand God will judge them for the evil that they do. Okay.
5: Yep. So, Do you remember
6: what Jesus
5: said in the Gospel somewhere? He said, if they strike you on the right cheek, turn to them the other, and so on. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't mean for us to all think we got to lay down on the ground be a doormat for everybody. What he was really suggesting there and commanding is that when it's a hopeless situation and you really have no prospects of winning, you might as well cooperate as well as you can to avoid any further trouble than you need to you know, get yourself into
6: wow yeah and then and then too i guess the uh uh the martyrs though it makes you think that definitely uh it wasn't so much the roman government that was against uh the christians as the jews who were kind of edging them on and uh they're told to be peaceful never do you see where uh in the new testament jesus commanded any of the christians to attack or you know uh, uh, defend themselves by warfare but you're right, there's some powerful things that do talk about that in the Old Testament, so it's very careful how it's worded in the New Testament, seemingly, that uh, yeah, that's, that's what you're right. Wow.
5: And that's you just know, the first what, example, Pastor Moss. What's, what's that big <laughs> term you use? We, we could go deeper into it sometime, but th- there's the basics.
6: What, what's that, what's that big, big term, term you use? Most people
5: used? don't take the context of Proverbs 24 into account when they try to understand Romans chapter thirteen one to 7, and so they really miss the point that Paul is making. Wow, wow.
6: Now, now tell me this, so I can sound very intelligent when I talk about this. <laughs> what, what is that big term you used again to describe this?
5: Intentional obscurity.
6: Intentional obscurity.
5: Okay. Indeed, I won't tell anybody. Being that intentionally obscure. But when he said some of those things in chapter 12, which certainly relate to some of the things in chapter 13 that he said as the very next thing, the people in his day knew the scriptures well enough to make the connection. But anyone into whose hands the information might fall would never make the connection because they wouldn't know the scriptures as well as the people did in Paul's day. I'm arguing, and there are new books that are forthcoming or maybe already in print, that I haven't been able to get them in the Logos Bible software yet, but they're on my pre-order list, so when enough people get interested and order the book, they'll have the documentation that people were much more literate, did much more reading than most people, and especially the atheists and the unbelievers and others give those folks credit for. And to me, the evidence of that is pretty plain, Pastor Moss. If you go to Acts chapter 17, and it it said that they searched the scriptures daily. Well, in order to do that, wouldn't you have to know how to
6: read? That's right. That's right. But you know something, uh, Mr. Smith? that What you said, we have a a, a current example of that, Uh, because I was uh, reading where in China, uh, when they do allow uh, Christians to meet, okay? because they're very oppressive of them, but they control the expression of Christianity, and the one doctrine they will not let them teach uh, is the return of of, uh, Jesus Christ. They don't want them talking about Jesus Christ coming back and setting up a kingdom. So uh, how they get around that uh, probably is like you're describing, that definitely if things are written a certain way, it could bring uh, opposition to the message, because what Chinese interpreted this is, that's something that uh, Christians would do to rise against the government. But that's exactly what they've done. Other things, they they, they guard on what is preached in China by the Christians that they allowed to meet.
5: Yep, that's a real good example of it. So it's a procedure that's employed today, but you can see it was very much employed in the New Testament times. Huh? Wow. Now, I'll just tease you a little bit because our time is going to slip away from us but the next passage that i would comment on that has intentional obscurity
7: in it is
5: 1 corinthians chapter 15 verse 24 uh-huh. and i'm going to see if i there we go all right then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to god even the father when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. Wow. Now, which end is it, and whose kingdom is being given up to God? <laughs> <laughs> so this this uh, this is intentional obscurity. So I've got notes in the new treasury and notes in the ultimate cross-reference treasury that I use to explain that. So I'll just begin to share a little. I'm kind of watching the old clock turn by, but we'll get started on it. Care must be taken, not to assume that there is only one end in Scripture. For this end, which may well be post-millennial, does not transpire at the same time as some of the other ends, that are mentioned in the New Testament, some of which are clearly premillennial. I've got a verse reference there. Let's see if it'll make any sense to us. It says, 1 Corinthians 1 8, Who shall also confirm you unto the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ? And then there's another one in Matthew 24, verse 13 and 14. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. And then there's another complication, Pastor Moss, that I know you're aware of, but we can tell our audience about it, too. The English word end, E-N-D, translates at least two different words that I'm aware of in the Greek text. One is the word telos, T-E-L-O-S, to transliterate it in English. And sometimes though it's a different word Sutalia, S U N T L I A. Now for example, the word telos occurs in Matthew ten twenty two, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth unto the end shall be saved. But then when you read in Matthew 24, 3, which uses the same word end, it reads, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Now, that's the King James Version. But world there could also be rendered age. But the word end there is sutalea, which means the conjunction of ages. Wow. All so right, see, she, there's, there's different kinds of ends.
6: Right, more than one end. Have to, to correct interpretation, get that right. All right, well, mm-hmm. i tell you what, you've got my head swelling already. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to get part two of that. Uh, ne- next time, uh, uh, helping us with interpreting the Bible and realizing uh, the way that God was moving them to write so that they could uh, give their messages without it getting con- confused with uh, worldly goals that could have turned against them. I th- thank you very much.
5: Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity, Pastor Moss. We hope it's a blessing to your audience.
6: All right, well, we'll see you again next Thursday. Number to call, everyone, yes, is area code 866 Code 866 423 9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emory Marsh. Just finished up talking with uh, Mr. Smith. Wow. What you can learn from that guy. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back.
7: They've helped qualify consumers with over a billion dollars in debt and are A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. So don't wait. Get the relief you need during these hard economic times. For this free information, call the Accredited Debt Relief Hotline now. Call 800-786-2300. 800-786-2300. That's 800-786-2300.
3: If you want to make a difference in your life that impacts you for years to come, then it's time to stand with Israel by going there. Consider the thrilling excitement of joining nationally syndicated media host Dr. Sebastian Gorka and renowned author and filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza on the Stand with Israel tour November 30th through December 9th, 2022. Journey through the Holy Land with two of the most respected political commentators of today, Together with like-minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10-day tour. You can pray at the Western Wall in Old City, Jerusalem, float on the Dead Sea, and take a boat out into the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to reserve your spot or call 855-565-5519. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com Or call
1: 855 565 5519 to book today. Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas and Bible teacher on Pathway to Victory. In recent weeks, the coronavirus has taken the world by storm. While millions are isolated at home, everyday life has taken on a new definition of normal. So I want to share two encouraging words to help you navigate through this crisis. The first word is prayer. Philippians 4, 6 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And the second word is precaution. 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So pray as if your safety completely depends upon God and take precautions as if your safety depends completely on you. Remember, this crisis is going to pass, and through it all we can take comfort in knowing that God is still in control.
6: Oh, area code eight six six four two three nine five seven eight. Area code eight six six four two three nine five seven eight. To be on the air, Bible talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Uh, just talking to Mr. Smith. Always a deep and enlightening study. Continuing on now, dealing with the Word of God, uh, and reminding you, okay, the last Saturday in August, our strictly biblical Bible teaching ministries. Uh, Uh, apologetic boot camp. That's right, apologetic boot camp. Any of you who know anything about the language of the military know that a boot camp is a place where you go to get training. I know about it because I was in the Air Force and we had to go through uh, our boot camp training. Uh, And I'm providing boot camp training for all of those Christians who want to learn how to defend the faith, whether you be a pastor, a preacher, uh, a deacon, an usher, I don't care. Sunday school teacher, all Christians need to know how to defend the faith. And I'm going to take you through it from A to Z. I've already got all my material together. It's going to be absolutely awesome. And that material will be passed out and given to you when you come. All we ask you to do is support the outreach because we want it to continue okay, from month to month. don't want you to miss a single month, and it will be a Strictly Biblical Bible Teaching Ministries. But I will tell you more about it if you're interested in our Bible Boot Camp. Also, hopefully you're interested in supporting this radio show, and you can do that by sending those donations to PO Box 05877, PO Box 05877, PO Box 05877, Detroit, Michigan, 48205, and make out those checks to Bible Boot Camp Ministries. We'd appreciate it very well. <laughs> I'm getting tongue-tied here. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578 with any questions that you have. uh, What I'll be talking about is dealing with false teachings, false doctrine. One of them by a guy by the name of Eckhart Tolle, right? Uh, In fact, the person who put this together called it the lies of Eckhart Tolle. Uh, He's one of the people that, uh, by the way, Oprah Winfrey likes to listen to, okay? Uh, because she embraces all religions, and I understand, I have nothing against the religions of the world, uh, you know, and all of them have a contribution that they make in terms of at least moral teaching, but unfortunately, the only true way to heaven, uh, according to the Bible, is through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the only real holy book on the planet, according once again to the Bible, is uh, the Word of God, the Bible that we have. Not to say that there's not good things that can be said in any of the religions, but There's no salvation offered in them uh, like we have in Christianity. But he thinks differently. He's got some different things on his mind. And so he says, and number one, the first statement he makes, which is amazing to me, every belief is an obstacle. Every belief is an obstacle. Now, how can a belief, just because it's a belief, be an obstacle? that does not necessarily flow logically. He doesn't say that. Give us any reason for it. He just comes right out and says it. Then he says this. And this is where he starts getting really bad, all right? All religions are equally false and true. Wait, wait a minute. I thought that something could only be false or true. But oh, no. Okay? Every religion uh, are equally false and true. If you believe only your religion, and they, this is another thing he says, Oh, he puts us Christians down, because he says in this next statement, if you believe in only your religion, if you believe that your religion is the only one that is true, you are doing that in the service of your ego. Okay? So I am egotistical if I say that my religion is the only one that is true. Wow. What a statement to make. So it lets you know what he feels about truth. No such thing especially if your truth is an exclusive truth. You see what this is opening the door for, right? That every religious belief must be true, okay? Uh, uh, the super ecumenical movement, which I believe is going to come to fruition uh, in Revelation chapter 17, Revelation 18, when we talk about mystery Babylon, the mother of all spiritual harlots, all right? But that's what he says. All religions are equally false and equally true. Wow. Sounds like something that is uh, kind of illogical to me. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. Beyond the air, Bible talk with Pastor Ross, Looking now at the lies of Eckhart Tolle, dealing with things that are said that definitely contradict the Bible. Okay, uh, He goes on to say, uh, Eckhart Tolle does, that religious leaders' teachings were greatly misunderstood, especially when they turned into organized religion. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And there's people who are like that, right? He says, uh, religious leaders' teachings were greatly misunderstood, especially when they turned into organized religion. Okay? So my question is, what's wrong with organized religion? Why is he against organized religion? Why? Why? Because he knows, just like anybody else knows with a brain, you get more powerful when you're organized. <laughs> well, the devil loves disorganized religion. Nothing, what's wrong with work? Everything is organized. Uh, when people have um, uh, someone over to their home for a party, is organized. When you go out, it's organized. But he wants religion to be unorganized. Why? Because he does not accept any religion as true. He okay. doesn't accept it. So definitely he wants to stop us uh, uh, when we do a church. Oh, yeah, he he would have to be against that because the Bible lets us know that the church is organized, okay? And uh, nothing's wrong with it being organized either because it tells us over in Hebrews 10, verse 25, well, verse 24, we can start that there, where it says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Then verse 25, in order to do that, in order to consider one another, in order to provoke each other to love, says in verse 25, Hebrews 10:25, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as we see the day approaching. Mm. To do that, you've got to assemble, don't you? <laughs> We're going to take a break. We'll be right back.
2: The Bible is full of stories of the most surprising conversions. The most unlikely people came to faith. And this week on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that no one is beyond the reach of God. It's an inspiring week of studies in the book of Acts on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg
0: Laurie. Tune in mornings at 10 on WLQV FM 92.7
6: and AM 1500.
4: This is Luke Hammett. By now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow, and now Mike Lindell has just announced that our listeners will receive one of his books. What are the odds? From Crack Addict to CEO, absolutely free with any purchase using the promo code Luke. It's a great time to buy his warm and wonderful my slippers. They are designed to wear indoor and outdoor all day long. They're made with my pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue, and made with quality leather suede. For a limited time only, Mike Lindell is offering 50% off on all my slippers. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listeners square and use the promo code Luke. You will also get deep discounts on all my pillow products, including some overstock products such as individual towels, blankets, comforters, and so much more. Call 800-861-6525 and use the promo code Luke. That's 800-861-6525 and use the promo code Luke at checkout. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com.
2: Faith Talk Detroit is hosting a positive parenting event with Dr. Daniel Huerta, Vice President of Parenting and Youth at Focus on the Family, and author of Seven Traits of Effective Parenting, on Friday, September 16th at Heritage Church in Sterling Heights. Dr. Daniel Huerta will speak on the seven traits of effective parenting and provide resources to help you become the parent God is calling you to be. Tickets are on sale now at FaithTalkDetroit.com. General admission tickets are $14.99 each, or a family four-pack for $50. The seven Seven Traits of Effective Parenting is a simple framework that will help you grow your parenting journey and be the most effective parent you can be. Join Faith Talk Detroit on Friday, September 16th at Heritage Church for Focus on the Family's Seven Traits of Effective Parenting with Dr. Daniel Huerta. General admission tickets are $14.99 or a family four-pack for $50. For additional info and to purchase tickets, go to faithtalkdetroit.com.
4: FM 92.7, AM 1500, the mobile app, or on the web. We're all the same great Faith Talk Detroit. You're listening to FM 92.7 and AM 1500 WLQV, Faith Talk Detroit in Odyssey Station.
6: number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. Glad to be with you. If you've got some questions, well, Marcus will take them, but you've got to call in quick, okay, because time is running out. I'm dealing with the lies of Eckhart Tolle, and and there's things that people just say. You know what I'm saying? They just say it. Um, Many feel that they do not have to have a bit of evidence to say it, and they don't. It's a free country. You can say what you want, but uh, what you want. But one thing for sure, anybody who makes a statement of fact bears a burden of proof. Oh, yeah, because really, uh, you really shouldn't believe things that are not provable, that don't have evidence to support them. And that's what I see happening so much in many areas, and especially in the area of religion. Oh, but did I say that word? Because some people say that the word religion is not in the Bible. I mean, wow, okay, uh, which surprises me. Uh, because, well, at least before you make a statement like that, would it be good for you to check first? Absolutely, nothing is wrong with religion as long as it's the right religion and good religion, and the word religion is in the Bible. Yes, it is. Okay, I had a, this happened to a class of mine where someone. Uh, raised their hand and say, "Well, you know, religion is not in the Bible." And said it so quickly as if there was no argument against it. I said, "Well, to be honest with you, that's not exactly true." Over in James chapter one, verse twenty-six, okay, it says this. Okay, James one twenty-six: If any man among you seem to be religious and bridle[s] not his tongue, now notice that seems to be religious and bridle[s] not his tongue. Uh, he deceived his own heart. This man's religion is vain, okay? So religion two times in that one verse. Okay? Uh, here, verse 27, pure religion, okay? So the problem is not with religion. The problem is whether your religion is true or not. But pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their afflictions and to keep himself unspotted from the world. So just to help you, don't think that you're being uh, uh, intelligent when you say that religion is not in the Bible. Okay? Religion is in the Bible. The Bible has nothing against religion, but it just has to be good religion. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air of Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. And I want to say this, the more organized, the better. Okay? No problem with uh, people who go to organized bars to drink. So why should there be a problem with the church being uh, organized? Number to call, area code, 866-423-9578. Uh, Eckhart Tolle goes on to say uh, some other things as well. Uh, he says this, and I mean, he thinks he's deep, 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 deep. says, I know that at the core of each religion there is the truth, heavily obscured in some cases, but it's there says, I know uh, that at the core of each religion, there is the the truth, heavily obscured in some cases, but it's there. Well, goodness, if it's obscured, (laughs) where is that at? What religion is he talking about? He doesn't say. He says this generally about religions. I'm going to tell you, the Bible and its teachings and truth is not obscured. Now, there's some things in the Bible you can't understand, uh, because there's some things that only God knows. But uh, basically what God wants us to know can be clearly understood in the text. All right. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back.
1: You hear a lot of talk these days about identity. Some have even decided that what it means to be male and what it means to be female are open for debate. But does a debate like that apply to what it is to be a Christian? Or is your spiritual identity fixed and unchanging? John MacArthur helps you answer that on Grace To You.
6: So join me, John MacArthur, and study along on Grace To You weekday
1: mornings at 8 here on WLQV.
4: Before Bamboo HR, (laughs) I feel like crying just thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper, and we literally had
3: I'm Alan Jackson. I have the privilege of joining you each weekday to open our Bibles together. The Bible tells us that God has made us what we are, and in our union with Christ Jesus, He has created us for a life of good deeds, which He has already prepared for us to do. Join me, and let's see what God has for us today.
0: Tune in to Alan Jackson
1: Ministries for a fresh look at Scripture weekdays at 1030 on FM 92.7 and AM 1500, or stream at faithtalkdetroit.com. This is Pastor Philip Jones from the Blessed Assurance Church of God in Christ. We invite
5: you to tune in every Sunday morning at 6.30 a.m. to our radio broadcast, where you will be inspired, invigorated, and encouraged. Start your morning out with the Word of God in your heart. We also invite you to join our Sunday morning worship service at 11 o'clock a.m. at 3648 Stockton Street in Detroit. Come and let us exalt God's name together.
2: Dr. Charles Stanley. What did Jesus say? My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. One of the most awesome promises he gives us is that we can have peace
3: in whatever we're faced in life. You're the series, The Promises of God, this week on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. Listen
4: to In Touch, weekday afternoons at 1230.
6: number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, the NBF Bible Talk with Pastor Henry Moss. If you've got a question, you can call it in, but you need to call it in right now. We don't have much time. And I'm going to my next question by Eckhart Tolle, all right, Uh, where he uh, gives his assessment of religion, uh, and uh, quite a biased one. Uh, In fact, he doesn't get evidence for what he says. But he keeps on talking. Uh, He says this, which is interesting. Now, listen to this, okay? It it sounds intellectual. But understand, no matter how intellectual something sounds, it still doesn't mean anything unless there's evidence to support it. He says, if you go deep enough in your religion, here's his statement. If you go deep enough in your religion, then you all get to the same place. (laughs) He just says it. He just says it. If you go deep enough in your religion, you all, then all of you, get to the same place. Every religion is going to get to the same place if you uh, go deep enough into it. If you go deep enough into Islam, if you go deep enough into Christianity, if you go deep enough into Hinduism, if you go deep enough into Catholicism, if you go deep enough into Christian science, if you go deep enough into the Jehovah's Witnesses, you all will wind up realizing that you all are at the same place. That's what he says. Now, first of all, that is absolutely 100% wrong if you actually study the religions. Now, if you believe this, then there's one thing that I know, and that is that you have not studied Christianity, nor have you studied the other religions, because I guarantee you they do not all lead 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 to the same place. That is not even an educated comment that he made. It is one that, if you examine it, it's found to be proven falsely exactly. In fact, the trouble with it is, if they do all lead to the same place, uh, then the the leaders of these religions were lying because definitely they were saying different things than each other. Uh, But that's too easy. It's got to be harder because what I want you to do but well, I want you to tell me, uh, what is the difference? Oh, you need to know this. If you do not know this kinds of stuff, you're like a sandwich to the cult. When they come, they'll just eat you up, okay? What you want to do is not convince them of something they don't want to believe, but you do want to be able to defend the faith. That's your job. That's my job, to defend the faith, not to put people down, okay? not to put down religion, okay? I respect everyone's right to have whatever religion they want. But at the same time, I do have a right to discuss mine and to why I believe it's true and why I believe that the truth of the Bible will set you free. Okay? But in order to do this, you've got to know something about the religion. So what I need from you is this. We won't be able to get into it till next time, so it gives you a chance to study. You're going to have to tell me. You're going to have to tell me on the next program what is the difference between Christianity and Islam, Christianity and Judaism, Christianity and woman Catholicism, okay? Christianity and the Jehovah Witnesses, Christianity and Christian science. All you're going to have to do is give me one example. I won't ask you for a whole litany of what they believe, but what do you do when you are confronted by the kingdom of the cults? Do you realize but the church is more and more going into apostasy. Okay, they are. Okay, Every, the devil is doing everything he can to suppress the truth from being spoken. Uh, that is why you hear very few sermons that even talk about the doctrine of hell today. Okay, but we're going into it. Do, do you know the difference between Christianity and other religions? Can you prove the lie of this statement that's made by Eckhart Tolle, where he says if you go deep enough, this is what the man says. If you go deep enough in your religion, then you will get all get to the same place. Just got to go deeper. So if you're uh, differing from one another, that just means you haven't went, went deep enough. <laughs> because when you get deep enough, you'll find out, hey, I didn't know that. Y'all believe the same thing. Not true. All right. The music is playing. Oh, let me let die. I guess I'm getting, uh, I'm getting like a secret agent now. <laughs> but God bless you, everyone. Live and let live. It's the gospel. We'll see you next time.
3: Your local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather, and traffic you need, and the music you love. But if the foreign-owned record labels get their way, it could stop the music. They want Congress to force radio stations to pay them more money simply to play their music. Don't let radio go silent. Text LOCAL to 5288...